As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you live from the Houston Outpost. If by live, I mean pre-recorded from the Houston Outpost. Papa Tom sends his regards from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. And I am here to let you guys know we got to calm down. All right? This is a bad look. Steelers Twitter is in disarray. This is rock bottom. That's what I meant to start with. This is rock bottom. I've used that intro like 17 times over the last three years. But this week it will be a facetious rock bottom. I'm starting to get the impression from Twitter, the source of knowledge, the spigot of knowledge for our culture. I am starting to get the impression that Steelers fans don't realize that the Steelers have been in and still are in a rebuild. I'm starting to think that the Steelers fans don't watch other teams play besides the Steelers. Because judging by the crying and bitching and moaning that I'm seeing on Twitter right now, which is causing me to cringe back inside of my skeleton, the skeleton of my body is taking over the epidermis because I'm going inside of myself due to embarrassment. Over a fan base that chastised a young studly George Pickens last week for whining and yelling and screaming about not getting the ball. Nine games, basically, you know, whatever, 10 games into his rookie career. I said, you can't react like that. Then they turn around and they poop their pants on Twitter. Not only do they poop their pants on Twitter, but they hit the tweet button. They actively share their soft mentality with the rest of the world and a freak out that the Steelers aren't good yet. And I think that, I had to turn around and say, oh my gosh, see, this isn't their fault. They don't, they don't know that they're drunk, number one. Seems to be an issue. I'd say, hey, everybody, hit the, hit the peace pipe. Have a little, we don't have a CBD sponsor. If we had one, I'd say, you know, do whatever you got to do to calm down. Yoga, meditation. I want to say have a beer. I'm starting to think that beer is part of the problem here on Twitter. People seem to be drinking into today as well, not realizing that the Steelers are in a rebuild. A 16-14 to loss to the Baltimore Ravens, third-string quarterback Anthony Brown, in which the Ravens ran the ball at will on the Steelers, and Kenny Pickett gets hurt on, I think, the first series uh, when Roquan Smith, new studly addition for the Baltimore Ravens, bounces Kenny's head off of the turf like a basketball, and Mitch Trubisky comes in, lights the Ravens on fire with 40-yard throw to Pickens. 12-yard throw to Fryermuth, 15 yards. Guy completes about 90% of his passes. 
And then the other 10%, he still completed, but to the Baltimore Ravens with three interceptions. Steelers also get a blocked field goal in the Ravens' zone. Three interceptions in the Ravens' zone and the blocked field goal. So just an abnormally bad red zone day leads to a two-point loss to a bad team. Yep, it's an issue. We got it. It's bad. But I think the Steelers fans don't realize we're in a rebuild. Here's, here's where we're at. Everybody's mad. We want to fire Tomlin or blame a quarterback. That's generally what you do when you don't know what you're watching, right? Of course it can be a coach or a quarterback's fault, but let's zoom out because I'm not super interested in this game. There are things to be gleaned from this loss to the Ravens, but as is the case with most of the rest of the podcast episodes this year, we are doing an audit, auditory hard knocks. We are following the trajectory of a professional American football team in its quest to rebuild its stature, to rebuild its roster and staff into a Super Bowl-quality team. And I want to shed some light on how long that takes. Okay, so let's look at the themes for today. Number one, we're going to talk about why this is a rebuild, and we're going to examine where the Steelers are at in that. Number two, very quickly, we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett and why he has to learn that he's not Cam Newton or Ben Roethlisberger because the Steelers are going to need him in the game. Number three, we're going to talk about probably the the major worry that came out of that Ravens game, which is the defense and why a $100 billion defense or whatever it is for the Steelers can be consistently run on, uh, especially by teams like the Ravens that have no threat of the pass. They don't have Lamar Jackson in there. Even when they do have Lamar Jackson in there, they don't have a massive threat of the pass with uh, just how poorly their pass game is constructed. And the Steelers still get run on. So thirdly, we'll talk about the defense. And then fourth, we'll talk about what they can do in the offseason. Although I might kind of wrap that into the rebuild. So let's get this started and then let's get this over with. Number one, I know people are mad that the Steelers lost this game. Guess what? When you are an average to below average NFL team, you only get 17 games to show your stuff. You're going to just lose some randomly. There are barely any absolute basement teams in the NFL right now except for the Texans, who almost just beat the potential number one seed Cowboys. They, they had them right where they wanted them, and then they wisely lost the game so that they could still retain the number one pick in the draft. But that... That's not a reason to fire people. That's just the reality of the NFL. Like, you're going to be in dogfights. You're going to lose some games. And the reason why the Steelers lost to the Ravens is because Kenny Pickett got hurt on the first series and Mitch Trubisky came in and turned the ball over to an abnormal, extreme extent. The Steelers lose by two points in which four of their drives into the Ravens' territory resulted in zero points. It's hard to imagine that would have happened with Kenny Pickett given the fact that he's protected the ball so well over the last four games. Even if he turned the ball over once or twice, it's hard to see that happening. I know you can't make that one-to-one comparison because it's it's a total what-if, but just based on what we've been seeing recently with the Steelers, it's a very reasonable guess to make that the Steelers would have won this game. But that's why I don't care so much that they won or lost this game because we're looking at the process. It's basically the same process. The Steelers are slowly building a competent offense, first and foremost. We'll worry about the defense later. If the Steelers had won this game, a lot of Steelers' Twitter wouldn't be so angry. They wouldn't want to fire Tomlin. But the reality is the same team would have been trotted out there. You just didn't get your starting quarterback hurt, right? The Steelers, 
aren't at the peak of Big Ben and Antonio Brown. The Steelers aren't at the peak of James Harrison and Troy Polamalu. If those teams play down to the Ravens in this game, then yes, we get worried. But right now, we don't have that luxury. This is just part of being a fan of a team that's average to below average in the NFL. You're going to lose some of these, and the margin of error is razor thin. So when you look at where the Steelers are at, you want to fire Tomlin. I, I don't get the sense that people really keep track of the other teams. So just ask yourself this question very quickly. How have Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots been doing in the last five years? Even when Tom Brady was still there in 2019, they were flaccid as flaccid can be. They sucked. They lost to the Titans in the first round of the playoffs. Tom Brady's washed. He goes to an actual all-star team in Tampa Bay and wins a Super Bowl. And he's a very good player for them, but it's not like he dragged them there. He was the same guy in, in New England as he was in Tampa Bay. Now we're seeing again with Tampa Bay. They're... They're not as good of a team as they were, and they're not doing as well. But if, if Bill Belichick's team is not even a threat at all for the Super Bowl, you have to sit there and wonder, okay, well, what's going on here? Well, what happened is the NFL is organized so that you can't have monopolies. The Patriots are this insane exception because they have Brady and Belichick at the same time. But generally what happens is this. The Patriots and the Steelers, and a couple other teams that I'll mention now, and the Saints and the Packers, They had spectacular Super Bowl caliber rosters. The Steelers had the killer bees. That was a Super Bowl caliber team. I'd say the number one reason for them not reaching the Super Bowl, not the only reason, but the number one reason is because really poorly timed injuries to superstar players in the playoffs. Ben, A.B., Le'Veon, they barely ever played together. When they they did, they reached the AFC Championship game where Le'Veon Bell was breaking the rushing record every single week. He doesn't get to play in that game. Who knows if they would have lost that game anyways to the Patriots, but major injuries to major players. You didn't see the Bucs sustain any of those in their win. You didn't see the Rams sustain any of those on the way to their Super Bowl win. The Chiefs, whenever they make the Super Bowl, it's with a completely healthy roster. What happens when they get a bunch of injuries? They get blown out in the Super Bowl. The injuries were a huge part of the Steelers not reaching the Super Bowl in those years. Not the only, Shazier obviously massive, not the only reason, but that's the alchemy of it. Okay, so if the Steelers say, oh, well, then Tomlin should have been a better coach. Well, the Saints didn't reach the Super Bowl in any of those years. So is Sean Payton not a good coach? Would you run Kyle Shanahan out of town for not winning a Super Bowl yet? How about Andy Reid? He wouldn't have any Super Bowls if he didn't win the lottery of getting Patrick Mahomes. He had really good Chiefs teams that couldn't get over the hump. They would lose to Chris Boswell in the playoffs, not even the Steelers. But you needed... Mahomes to get over that hump. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they haven't won a Super Bowl in that time. It's just really hard to win the Super Bowl because the league has done an awesome job of setting up salary caps and draft picks to make a parity more of a reality. So I'm not saying you accept mediocrity that way. I'm just saying look around. When you lose a game to the Ravens, the, the, the response isn't to burn it all to the ground. You have to say, okay, the Steelers had this Super Bowl team and they lost, let me see, every single player. Hall of Fame quarterback, receiver, and running back. Top five offensive line in the game. They lost all those guys. How about their next receiver, Martavis Bryant, all-star wide receiver, lost him. How about another one, Juju Smith-Schuster, lost him. 
They, they lost every single player. They lost almost everybody off that defense except for Cam, and then, you know, TJ came along later. It takes a while. It takes more than one year to get, you know, 16 new good players, especially when you consider the fact that Troy Polamalu wasn't good in his rookie year. Ben was, uh, he wasn't Ben yet in his rookie year. These guys will get better. The fact that Pickett and Pickens and Jalen Warren are playing as well as they are as rookies is really encouraging because it is very sensible to hypothesize that they will be even better as sophomore players. James Harrison wasn't James Harrison as a rookie. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that we can't even give the Steelers a real grade until I think like kind of halfway through next year. Because, and I know that's a boring sort of lame answer, but it's the truth. It just takes so long to refill the cupboard. The Saints are very lame right now. The nine or the the Rams, McVay would have no Super Bowls if not for the Rams going completely all in last year and trading a what a first round pick or what is it for Von Miller for like six to eight games. Awesome. It got them a Super Bowl and now they're one of the worst teams in the league. And it's very likely that Sean Payton will not even be coaching after this year. Right? How would you feel then? Oh, the 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 Rams ruined it. I'm just trying to make the point that like it takes multiple years to build this. And if you take the shortcuts like the Rams did you are going to be in trouble. So here's where we're at. The Steelers are going into the next offseason with more cap space and draft picks than they've had in a long time. It's not like Chicago Bears level of $100, $200 million of cap space, but the Steelers don't have a, um, a top quarterback salary on the books right now. And the salary cap's going to get used up by the Steelers. You know, you got to sign Highsmith. You have two edge rushers that you're paying at that point. But they have a lot of opportunity to shore up a few extra positions. And by that point, with how much Kenny has played, you should really be getting an idea by the end of next year, halfway through next year or so, of, of how good he can be or can't be. And then at that point, I'm willing to make a judgment on Tomlin, Colbert, Omar Khan, the Roonies, and the Steelers, and how they have handled this transition from Ben Roethlisberger and the Killer Beast to this current iteration. But when I look at how they're doing now, I have to say, they seem to be on track. I did not want Kenny Pickett in the draft, as anybody who's a regular listen, listener of the show knows, simply because all of his, he doesn't have any elite physical traits. They're, all his traits are fine. He's a good scrambler. I know we get excited about when he scrambles, but when we're talking about elite, we're talking about Lamar and Fields, right? That's a whole other level. His arm is actually probably better than advertised, as we've seen in the past few weeks, as he's gained more confidence. But when you're talking about elite, you're talking about Mahomes and Allen, and then even under that, you got the Trevor Lawrences of the world. So I wasn't excited about it, but I, so far, I feel like I've been proven wrong in that. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence and Fields, you talk about Zach Wilson and, and Mac Jones, they've, they've struggled quite a bit in their careers. And Kenny has been very solid coming into an offense that has been one of the worst in the league for three years in a row. It's not like he came into a great situation. And he's improved every single game. And if you can't see that, then you, you are lying to yourself a little bit. If you want to look at statistics, I don't know what you want. I don't know if you can give me an example of an NFL team that just magically turned into a great offense without either maturing or adding major pieces. So 
there's no world where Kenny Pickett is just going to be throwing 40 touchdowns this year. But when you look at his decision-making and some of his playmaking, it's going very well. Yep, he airmails some passes into the end zone every week that he should hit, but the velocity on the ball is there, so there's reason to believe he can learn how to bring those things down. Obviously, his scrambling is good. Obviously, he has to learn that he's not Ben Roethlisberger, which is, uh, I guess, point two right here. And in terms of, hey, when you break a tackle in the pocket and then Roquan Smith gets to you, you need to go down, man. We need to live to fight another day. You're not Cam Newton. You're not going to throw the guy off your back. This is generally where people's ACLs get torn or their AC ankles get broken while you're trying to fight a guy that's way stronger than you as he tackles you to the ground. Or sometimes you get your second concussion of the year, which is what he did, which is going to really hurt the Steelers' chances against a hot Carolina Panthers team. But... So far, that's been looking pretty good. Najee Harris has looked much better since the bye. The Steelers are now averaging over 160 rushing yards a game, up from like 101. Jalen Warren, the rookie, looks great. Pat Fryermuth looks great. Obviously, we know Pickens is incredible. They need to get him the ball more. Deontay Johnson's the same guy he's been. But when you look around in the offensive line, big part of that run game, it's clearly improving. So I don't think that's even an argument. So given that fact, essentially, I don't know I'm being loose with the term fact, but we give them more time to wait and see. And then at a certain point, you close the door. Yes. Like if they're still this type of team at this point next year, then you got to say, okay, well, it plateaued. It didn't work. The Steelers screwed themselves. The rebuild has to start again. You picked a quarterback who's not going to work. You picked a running back in the first round. You have really tied your hands here. You have wasted the prime of... Uh, you know, TJ Watt's career and, and other, other players like that. So we'll see then. But I guess that, that's kind of my point is the Steelers are in sort of wait and see mode and there aren't some dramatic corrections they make to beat a crappy Ravens team who's first place in the AFC North, by the way. So how crappy can they be? Like there, there aren't these knee-jerk reactions. It's, hey, there's not many people who are going to take what the Steelers have in this amount of youth and make it a winning team. If Bill Belichick is not doing it, no one's doing it, guys. Now, if Tomlin doesn't do it as of next year or or whatever, then of course you can make the case that they need a new voice or whatever it is. But that time is not now because there's not enough information and it seems like there's more information saying that the Steelers are improving slowly rather than, you know, plateauing as they were doing with the elderly Ben and Pouncey and, and guys like that the past few years. So that's just where I'm at. It's incomplete right now, and it's just a complete and total bummer that we're not going to get to see Kenny Pickett play soon because it's sort of useless until that happens again. All right, number two I already covered, Kenny needing to learn uh, – this whole bailing the pocket to the right, you got to be a little bit smarter with that. He's done better recently. He He's learned, hey, sometimes I just got to tuck it and run, and let's just keep the offense on schedule. Next, he has to learn not to try and fight all pro middle linebackers. All right, third point. The defense sucks and gets run on at will. So the reason why this is happening, first off, we know how badly the Steelers have missed on the middle linebacker position over the last few years. And... The defensive interior defensive line has declined with 
Tyson Alu-Alu clearly not being the same player since he returned from injury. He's also like 48. Montrevious Adams has been showing some flashes, but that's a second year. I, I want to say like undrafted player. We'll see what's up. But I know that the Steelers had Cam Hayward uh, nose tackle for two snaps as reported and uh, gift by all-star Steelers reporter Alex Kazora on those two snaps. Uh, the other team, the Ravens, got a 44-yard run and a touchdown run as well. Cam raising his hand, taking blame for that. Uh, obviously, he's not the same dominant player that he has been for the past few years. Uh, that's probably part of it as well. And, um, yeah, the Steelers' run defense isn't good. And, once again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the Steelers. I'm just trying to put it in perspective that, unfortunately, we're just, like, not going to know that much right now. It just, I, I don't even think the Steelers are in a position to really complain about getting a run on or, or playing defense in general. Just the NFL is so set up to be offense first. And people are making good points on the internet saying, hey, the defense can't be excused from this. That's a one-dimensional Ravens team. you got to be able to stop the run. I don't, we don't want to keep hearing about the offense isn't doing its part, so the defense is getting run on. I'm just, I guess my point is like, there aren't a ton of teams that consistently stop the run, period. And it's kind of, it's not really a time of possession thing. It's more like, hey, if your offense scores points, the other team has to get away from the run game. And yes, the Steelers could draft some more impact defensive interior linemen or middle linebackers, and that immediately will help with the run. But, and that has to be done, and that's where they've kind of missed recently. We'll see how DeMarvin Leal pans out. I know he's more of an undersized guy, but he has a pick they've invested in that part of the team. But I just don't really care so much about that because I feel like the run defense is a bit of a champagne problem. And if you're putting up points against a Ravens team that only scored 16 points, they're going to have to get away from the run. And that's more where, how I feel about that. I, I just am completely on the side of, hey, it's offense first. Put all your resources into that. That's basically what the Steelers did this past offseason with the draft and free agency, heavily focusing on offense after years of focusing on defense, and uh, the offense is just going to need some time to gel, and it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And if it works, then you plug in some pieces to become an opportunistic defense, and, and hopefully that goes well. But all I know is you have two great edge rushers and a spectacular safety and some decent players in other positions, but it's just offense first, and that's the way I feel about it. I think it's just more the frustration of being able to rely on the Pittsburgh Steelers for so many years to, to stop the run and be a tough team and seeing them get run on. It's just a hard way to watch games when your offense doesn't put up points. It's just boring and a fast game, but I'm not so concerned about it because they scored 16 damn points. So if you have an average offense, you scored 18 points, scored 21, 24 points. Who gives a hell if they're running on you like that? I don't care. I acknowledge it's not where it needs to be, but it's just lower on the list of priorities. All right. Last topic, number four, what to do this offseason. Got a lot of money to spend. They have to spend it in the trenches. They absolutely need to spend it in the trenches. The offensive line has played really well. We know that they've kept the same lineup all year. That's been really helpful for them, but they need an elite player. They, they, this reminds me of when they eventually caved and said, fine, we'll draft linemen. We'll draft this pouncy guy and this DeCastro guy, and we'll see what happens. Oh, we have one of the best lines in the league. No, that's pretty cool. That works out. The rest of the players are third-rounders or undrafted guys like Ramon Foster and Alejandro Villanueva and Beecham and Gilbert 
like you need a couple marquee offensive linemen. So I'm really hoping they do that in free agency or in the first or second rounds of the draft. Because like I said, it's offense first. That's the position you need. The rest of the positions, slot receiver, starting corner, those are champagne problems to me. Those positions get minimized with the more premier important positions like line being filled. So in the offseason, they just really need to prioritize offense, offensive linemen, and defensive trench linemen. If the opportunity presents themselves for great value getting a, an inside linebacker, sure. But really, it just seems like they need to build on the trenches, and they definitely have the ammunition to do so with the amount of money they can spend on free agency and with three picks potentially in the top 40 of the draft. So if they do that, I'm feeling pretty good about where the Steelers will be. The other thing that they could do is fire Matt Canada. I mean, it's not hacky. The guy, it's brutal. When you watch other teams play offense, it reminds you of, oh, Matt Canada doesn't improve, but wow, this is bad. Will they do it? I doubt it. You know, they kept uh, Keith Butler for a very long time, but that would be the one where I'd say, hey, let's, let's reach for something better here. I don't know if Frank Reich's really going to be available in that capacity, but he might be. Nathaniel Hackett. He's doing terrible as a coach in Denver right now. Has had a lot of success offensively as a coordinator. You got to look at other coaches, other legendary coordinators who have done poorly as head coaches. You know, there that could happen again. So there are some more experienced offensive play callers out there for the Steelers. I would hope that they would take one. I don't know that they will. But there are tangible steps the Steelers can take towards getting better next year, and that's what I hope they do. I hope they beat the Panthers this week, but if they don't, and they, they raise that draft pick even higher towards the top, we will definitely take it, uh, especially since it's it will be raised not as a result of Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback, playing like crap. It will be a result of him just not even being in the game. So you can kind of take that. All right. Let's enjoy our time on Twitter, everybody. Steelers-Panthers next week. It's not looking good. Panthers are streaking. Hopefully this woke the Steelers up. I think they were too cocky against the Ravens. I think they were feeling themselves after... Even the media had been saying, hey, look, here come the Steelers. They're doing the thing they always do. They're playing better. And then you see, oh, man, Lamar Jackson's out. We're going to take care of this. And the Ravens just punched them right in the face. Let's hope they beat the Panthers. Until next week, you can hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Gmail, SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Go Steelers. Steelers.